Section one of the story of Hagar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The story of a Hagar by Hagar, translated by F. C. Conybeare, J. Randall Harris, and Agnes Smith Lewis. Section one. The story of Hagar and Nadan, the Arabic version. In the name of God, the Creator, the Living One, the source of reason, we hereby begin with the help of the Most High God and his best guidance to write the story of Hagar, the wise vizier of Sennacherib the king, and of Nadan's sister's son to Hagar the sage. There was a vizier in the days of King Sennacherib, son of Sarhadum, king of Assyria and Nineveh, a wise man named Hagar, and he was vizier of the king Sennacherib. He had a fine fortune and much goods, and he was skillful wise a philosopher in knowledge in opinion and in government and he had married sixty women and had built a castle for each of them but with it all he had no child by any of these women who might be his heir and he was very sad on account of this and one day he assembled the astrologers and the learned men and the wizards and explained to them his condition and the matter of his barrenness and they said to him go sacrifice to the gods and beseech them that perchance they may provide thee with a boy and he did as they told him and offered sacrifices to the idols and besought them and implored them with request and entreaty and they answered him not one word and he went away sorrowful and dejected departing with a pain at his heart and he returned and implored the most high god and believed beseeching him with a burning heart saying o most high god o creator of the heavens and of the earth o creator of all created things i beseech thee to give me a boy that i may be consoled by him that he may be present at my death that he may close my eyes and that he may bury me then there came to him a voice saying inasmuch as thou hast relied first of all on graven images and hast offered sacrifices to them for this reason thou shalt remain childless thy life long but take Nadan, thy sister's son, and make him thy child, and teach him thy learning and thy good breeding, and at thy death he shall bury thee. Thereupon he took Nadan, his sister's son, who was a little suckling, and he handed him over to eight wet nurses that they might suckle him and bring him up. And they brought him up with good food and gentle training, and silken clothing, and purple and crimson. And he was seated upon couches of silk. And when Nadan grew big, and walked shooting up like a tall cedar he taught him good manners and writing and science and philosophy and after many days king sennacherib looked at hagar and saw that he had grown very old and moreover he said to him o my honored friend the skillful the trusty the wise the governor my secretary my vizier my chancellor and director verily thou art grown very old and weighted with years and thy departure from this world must be near tell me who shall have a place in my service after thee and hagar said to him o my lord may thy head live forever there is nadan my sister's son i have made him my child and i have brought him up and taught him my wisdom and my knowledge and the king said to him o hagar bring him to my presence that i may see him and if i find him suitable put him in thy place and thou shalt go thy way to take a rest and to live the remainder of thy life in sweet repose 
Then Hagar went and presented Nadan his sister's son, and he did homage and wished him power and honor. And he looked at him and admired him and rejoiced in him and said to Hagar, Is this thy son, O Hagar? I pray that God may preserve him. And as thou hast served me and my father Sarhadim, so may this boy serve me and fulfill my undertakings, my needs, and my business, so that I may honor him and make him powerful for thy sake. And Hagar did obeisance to the king and said to him, May thy head live, O my lord the king, for ever. I seek from thee that thou mayest be patient with my boy Nadan and forgive his mistakes that he may serve thee as it is fitting. Then the king swore to him that he would make him the greatest of his favorites and the most powerful of his friends, and that he should be with him in all honor and respect. And he kissed his hands and bade him farewell. And he took Nadan, his sister's son, with him and seated him in a parlor and set about teaching him night and day till he had crammed him with wisdom and knowledge more than with bread and water. Thus he taught him, saying, O my son, hear my speech and follow my advice and remember what I say. O my son, if thou hearest a word, let it die in thy heart, and reveal it not to another, lest it become a live coal, and burn thy tongue, and cause a pain in thy body, and thou gain a reproach, and art shamed before God and man. O my son, if thou hast heard a report, spread it not, and if thou hast seen something, tell it not. O my son, make thy eloquence easy to the listener, and be not hasty to return an answer. O my son, when thou hast heard anything, hide it not. O my son, loose not a sealed knot, nor untie it, and seal not a loosened knot. O my son, covet not outward beauty, for it wanes and passes away, but an honorable remembrance lasts for an eye. O my son, let not a silly woman deceive thee with her speech, lest thou die the most miserable of deaths, and she entangle thee in the net till thou art ensnared. O my son, desire not a woman bedizened with dress, and with ointments who is despicable and silly in her soul. Woe to thee if thou bestow on her anything that is thine, or commit to her what is in thine hand, and she entice thee into sin, and God be wroth with thee. O my son, be not like the almond tree, for it brings forth leaves before all the trees, and edible fruit after them all. But be like the mulberry tree, which brings forth edible fruit before all the trees, and leaves after them all. O my son, bend thy head low down, and soften thy voice, and be courteous, and walk in the straight path, and be not foolish, and raise not thy voice when thou laughest. For if it were by a loud voice that a house was built, the ass would build many houses every day. And if it were by dint of strength that the plough were driven, the plough would never be removed from under the shoulders of the camels. O my son, the removing of stones with a wise man is better than the drinking of wine with a sorry man. O my son, pour out thy wine on the tombs of the just, and drink not with ignorant contemptible people. O my son, cleave to the wise men who fear God, and be like them, and go not near the ignorant lest thou become like him and learn his ways. O my son, when thou hast got thee a comrade or a friend, try him, and afterwards make him a comrade and a friend. 
and do not praise him without a trial, and do not spoil thy speech with a man who lacks wisdom. O my son, while a shoe stays on thy foot, walk with it on the thorns, and make a road for thy son and for thy household and thy children, and make thy ship taut before she goes on the sea and its waves, and sinks and cannot be saved. O my son, if the rich man eat a snake, they say it is by his wisdom, and if a poor man eat it, the people say from his hunger. O my son, be content with thy daily bread and thy goods, and covet not what is another's. O my son, be not neighbor to the fool, and eat not bread with him, and rejoice not in the calamities of thy neighbors. If thine enemy wrong thee, shew him kindness. O my son, a man who fears God, do thou fear him, and honor him. O my son, the ignorant man falls and stumbles, and the wise man, even if he stumbles, he is not shaken, and even if he falls, he gets up quickly, and if he is sick, he can take care of his life. But as for the ignorant, stupid man, for his disease there is no drug. O my son, if a man approach thee who is inferior to thyself, go forward to meet him, and remain standing, and if he cannot recompense thee, his Lord will recompense thee for him. O my son, spare not to beat thy son, for the drubbing of thy son is like manure to the garden, and like tying the mouth of a purse, and like the tethering of beasts, and like the bolting of the door. O my son, restrain thy son from wickedness, and teach him manners before he rebels against thee, and brings thee into contempt amongst the people, and thou hang thy head in the streets and the assemblies, and thou be punished for the evil of his wicked deeds. O my son, get thee a fat ox with a foreskin and an ass great with its hoofs and get not an ox with large horns nor make friends with a tricky man nor get a quarrelsome slave nor a thievish handmaid for everything which thou committest to them they will ruin o my son let not thy parents curse thee and the lord be pleased with them for it hath been said he who despiseth his father or his mother let him die the death I mean the death of sin, and he who honoureth his parents shall prolong his days and his life, and shall see all that is good. O my son, walk not on the road without weapons, for thou knowest not when the foe may meet thee, so that thou mayest be ready for him. O my son, be not like a bare leafless tree that doth not grow, but be like a tree covered with its leaves and its boughs. For the man who has neither wife nor children, and is despised and hated in the world, is like a leafless and fruitless tree. O my son, be like a fruitful tree on the roadside, whose fruit is eaten by all who pass by, and the beasts of the desert rest under its shade, and eat of its leaves. O my son, every sheep that wanders from its path, and its companions, becomes food for the wolf. O my son, say not, my lord is a fool, and I am wise and relate not the speech of ignorance and folly, lest thou be despised by him. O my son, be not one of those servants to whom their lords say, Get away from us, but be one of those to whom they say, Approach and come near to us. O my son, caress not thy slave in the presence of his companion, for thou knowest not which of them shall be of most value to thee in the end. O my son, be not afraid of thy lord who created thee, lest he be silent to thee. O my son, make thy speech fair, and sweeten thy tongue, and permit not thy companion to tread on thy foot, 
lest he tread at the last on thy breast o my son if thou beat a wise man with a word of wisdom it will lurk in his breast like a subtle sense of shame but if thou drub the ignorant with a stick he will neither understand nor hear o my son if thou send a wise man for thy needs do not give him many orders for he will do thy business as thou desirest and if thou send a fool do not order him but go thyself and do thy business for if thou order him he will not do what thou desirest if they send thee on business hasten to fulfil it quickly o my son make not an enemy of a man stronger than thyself for he will take thy measure and his revenge on thee o my son make trial of thy son and of thy servant before thou committest thy belongings to them lest they make away with them for he who hath a full hand is called wise even if he be stupid and ignorant and he who hath an empty hand is called poor ignorant even if he be the prince of sages o my son i have eaten a colocynth and swallowed myrrh and i have found nothing more bitter than poverty and scarcity o my son teach thy son frugality and hunger that he may do well in the management of his household o my son teach not to the ignorant the language of wise men for it will be burdensome to him o my son display not thy condition to thy friend lest thou be despised by him o my son the blindness of the heart is more grievous than the blindness of the eyes for the blindness of the eye may be guided little by little but the blindness of the heart is not guided and it leaves the straight path and goes in a crooked way o my son the stumbling of a man with his foot is better than the stumbling of a man with his tongue o my son a friend who is near is better than a more excellent brother who is far away o my son beauty fades but learning lasts and the world wanes and becomes vain but a good name neither becomes vain nor wanes o my son the man who hath no rest his death were better than his life and the sound of weeping is better than the sound of singing for sorrow and weeping if the fear of god be in them are better than the sound of singing and rejoicing o my child the thigh of a frog in thy hand is better than a goose in the pot of thy neighbour and a sheep near thee is better than an ox far away and a sparrow in thy hand is better than a thousand sparrows flying and poverty which gathers is better than the scattering of much provision and a pound of wool is better than a pound of wealth i mean of gold and silver for the gold and the silver are hidden and covered up in the earth and are not seen but the wool stays in the markets and it is seen and it is a beauty to him who wears it o my son a small fortune is better than a scattered fortune o my son a living dog is better than a dead poor man o my son a poor man who does right is better than a rich man who is dead in sins o my son keep a word in thy heart and it shall be much to thee and beware lest thou reveal the secret of thy friend o my son let not a word issue from thy mouth till thou hast taken counsel with thy heart and stand not betwixt persons quarrelling because from a bad word there comes a quarrel and from a quarrel there comes war and from war there comes fighting and thou wilt be forced to bear witness but run from thence and rest thyself 
o my son withstand not a man stronger than thyself but get thee a patient spirit and endurance and an upright conduct for there is nothing more excellent than that o my son hate not thy first friend for the second one may not last o my son visit the poor in his affliction and speak of him in the sultan's presence and do thy diligence to save him from the mouth of the lion o my son rejoice not in the death of thine enemy for after a little while thou shalt be his neighbour and him who mocks thee do thou respect and honour and be beforehand with him in greeting o my son if water would stand still in heaven and a black crow become white and myrrh grow sweet as honey then ignorant men and fools might understand and become wise o my son if thou desire to be wise restrain thy tongue from lying and thy hand from stealing and thine eyes from beholding evil then thou wilt be called wise o my son let the wise man beat thee with a rod but let not the fool anoint thee with sweet salve be humble in thy youth and thou shalt be honoured in thine old age o my son withstand not a man in the days of his power nor a river in the days of its flood o my son be not hasty in the wedding of a wife for if it turns out well she will say my lord make provision for me and if it turns out ill she will rate at him who was the cause of it o my son whoever is elegant in his dress he is the same in his speech and he who has a mean appearance in his dress he also is the same in his speech o my son if thou hast committed a theft make it known to the sultan and give him a share of it that thou mayest be delivered from him for otherwise thou wilt endure bitterness o my son make a friend of the man whose hand is satisfied and filled and make no friend of the man whose hand is closed and hungry there are four things in which neither the king nor his army can be secure oppression by the vizier and bad government and perversion of the will and tyranny over the subject and four things which cannot be hidden the prudent and the foolish and the rich and the poor thus spake hagar and when he had finished these injunctions and proverbs to nadan his sister's son he imagined that he would keep them all and he knew not that instead of that he was displaying to him weariness and contempt and mockery thereafter hagar sat still in his house and delivered over to nadan all his goods and the slaves and the handmaidens and the horses and the cattle and everything else that he had possessed and gained and the power of bidding and of forbidding remained in the hand of nadan and hagar sat at rest in his house and every now and then hagar went and paid his respects to the king and returned home now when nadan perceived that the power of bidding and of forbidding was in his own hand he despised the position of hagar and scoffed at him and set about blaming him whenever he appeared saying my uncle hagar is in his dotage and he knows nothing now and he began to beat the slaves and the handmaidens and to sell the horses and the camels and be spendthrift with all that his uncle hagar had owned and when hagar saw that he had no compassion on his servants nor on his household he arose and chased him from his house and sent to inform the king that he had scattered his possessions and his provision and the king arose and called nadan and said to him whilst hagar remains in health no one shall rule over his goods nor over his household 
nor over his possessions. And the hand of Nadam was lifted off from his uncle Hagar, and from all his goods, and in the meantime he went neither in nor out, nor did he greet him. Thereupon Hagar repented him of his toil with Nadan, his sister's son, and he continued to be very sorrowful. And Nadan had a younger brother named Benuzardan. So Hagar took him to himself in place of Nadan, and brought him up and honored him with the utmost honor. And he delivered over to him all that he possessed and made him governor of his house. Now when Nadan perceived what had happened, he was seized with envy and jealousy, and he began to complain to everyone who questioned him, and to mock his uncle Hagar, saying, My uncle has chased me from his house, and has preferred my brother to me, but if the Most High God give me the power, I shall bring upon him the misfortune of being killed. And Nadan continued to meditate as to the stumbling block he might contrive for him. And after a while Nadan turned it over in his mind, and wrote a letter to Akish, son of Shah, the wise king of Persia, saying thus, Peace and health and might and honor from Sennacherib, king of Assyria and Nineveh, and from his vizier and his secretary Hagar unto thee, O great king. Let there be peace between thee and me. And when this letter reaches thee, if thou wilt arise and go quickly to the plain of Nisphren and to Assyria and Nineveh, I will deliver up the kingdom to thee without war and without battle array. And he wrote also another letter in the name of Hagar to Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Let there be peace between thee and me, O mighty king. If at the time of this letter reaching thee thou wilt arise and go to Assyria and Nineveh, to the plain of Nisrin, I will deliver up to thee the kingdom without war and without fighting. And the writing of Nadan was like to the writing of his uncle Hagar. Then he folded the two letters and sealed them with the seal of his uncle Hagar. They were nevertheless in the king's palace. Then he went and wrote a letter likewise from the king to his uncle Hagar. Peace and health to my vizier, my secretary, my chancellor Hagar. O Hagar, when this letter reaches thee, assemble all the soldiers who are with thee, and let them be perfect in clothing and in numbers, and bring them to me on the fifth day in the plain of Nisrin. And when thou shalt see me there coming towards thee, haste, and make the army move against me, as against an enemy, and fight with me. For I have with me the ambassadors of Pharaoh king of Egypt, that they may see the strength of our army, and may fear us, for they are our enemies, and they hate us. End of section 1. Read by C.J. Ploke.